dead deer boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Evers, and on today's episode, we are sitting in turkey camp here in Missouri, talking to some Arkansas boys that come down and trying to slay some turkeys. We got Chisholm May on the mic, and we got Ramsey Richardson, Austin Overhouse. So guys, we're just going to be doing a BS podcast telling about our hunting in Missouri and how it's been going, and we'll just... Probably Maybe get a little on bit some of tangents. rambling too, right? Yeah, as, oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm sure there'll be some <laughs> stories told. A little bit? <laughs> Just a little bit. Just All right, boys, bit. let's jump into it. Just, yeah, ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the I podcast, we got Chisholm May today. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're rolling here in Turkey Camp, Missouri, and uh, we've been uh, we've been on some birds pretty much all week. Just some of us have been more fortunate than others. True. Chisholm, how you liking Missouri so far? I can't complain, I'd say that. <laughs> Already tagged out. I mean, anybody listening here not from Missouri, you probably don't want to come try it. It's tough, man. It's public. It's packed house, ain't no birds. Yeah, they <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to come to Missouri. No. Just, just not enough birds and too many people. Yeah. You know. I ain't even heard one gobble. <laughs> We've been here for three weeks, Austin. What's our problem? <laughs> well, I don't know what my problem is, but <laughs> No, it's been it's been good. Definitely fortunate to have you guys to have a little background in the area, I would say. Yeah. Coming in on blind, I wouldn't say any of these areas that we've been to, I would have targeted on my own, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, well, I mean, I've I've put some time in on a lot of these places. And almost every spot that we've been to, there's an area that just holds true every year. So it's easier to just go in there and wait for them to gobble and then you go to them. But, you know without knowing that they've been there in the past and just year after year thing, right. you know. Some places, you know, they're in the same spot. Other places, they're, they change change it up. But We appreciate you, buddy. You, you've yeah, helped goat. us get all, all on get, get on birds. I ain't no goat. <laughs> yeah. Ramsey, what, do you, what are you thinking, man? How are you feeling about the Missouri scene? Not not to go against what Chisholm said, but I've heard more birds in the first day up here in Missouri than I've heard all season in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> so, Man, y'all got it tough yeah. down there, it sounds like, it's, just from what you yeah. guys have been telling me yeah. and what I've been hearing about. Yeah, you put in your work down there. Like Austin said around here, you have your select areas that will usually have birds year after year. But then again, you know, it's a little more spotty as far as – landscape as around here you know you'd have maybe four or five groups of birds as as opposed to one bird on the same uh amount of amount of land yeah in arkansas yeah 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 one thing you guys mentioned was that you know you'll go to a spot and you're thinking oh man there's got to be turkeys here and you won't hear a single bird yeah well all those places y'all send me on snapchat look amazing i mean oh yeah it's it's some absolutely beautiful country down there um I don't know why there's not the birds that there's not, but I don't know, but there's a problem. And then you add a late season on top of that. 
yeah. and it definitely makes it harder. Yeah. I think that Arkansas needs to be a focus for projects moving forward. True. I do too. I want to go down yeah. there and hunt turkey with y'all, but why leave? Well, <laughs> right. No, I'm going to do it. I mean, one good thing, uh, you know, down there is when you do connect, it's that much more rewarding because you've generally yeah. put in that much more time There's to do it. There's birds there. You just yeah. got to put in a little more work. I think Ramsey could attest that's kind of what bred the traveling and the passion is just struggling at home and yeah. then coming out here and yeah. be, coming out here and going other to other states and being able to be successful. Well, and yeah. like with me, it was working on the railroad and I was working in all these other states and I was working up in Wisconsin around turkey season about three years ago and seeing birds and seeing stuff. birds everywhere yeah and made some private land contact up there and yep. gained access to about ten thousand acres of private land and the next year planned a week went up there and just waylaid yeah that's had awesome. a blast what did it for me was i don't know i wanted to go for the longest time and it was just mainly just because we got the 1 p.m cutoff and we got a three-week season I'm just, you know, I'm itching us. They start gobbling at, you know, in March here. So, oh yeah, I mean. And here's another thing about going out of state that I think I really like. I like making new friends and meeting new people and making new contacts. Yeah, absolutely. Building new bridges, which is yeah. exactly what we've done here. Yeah. Uh, we met y'all out in Oklahoma. True. Just, yeah. Tell us out of nowhere. Yeah, I'd like to hear it from your guys' perspective. We yeah. talked about it a little bit on our. Yeah. Well, on our own and, on this podcast, but we would have loved to have you guys on. We uh, talking about we, Oklahoma. We need to figure out the phone call thing. Yeah, we'll get on that. But so yeah, let's hear from your perspective. Well, with the with the Oklahoma trip, it was a last minute trip for me. Chisholm called me up and said, "Hey man, you want to go to Oklahoma?" I said, "Yeah, I'm free this week. Let's do it." So we headed out to Blaster, Oklahoma, and hit up a spot. And I punched out the first day there, and. Uh, next day Chisholm got close and then we decided to move county so we could both hunt again and we were rolling around looking for a camp spot and uh rolled up on y'all setting yeah. up your tent yeah rolled up on the more like scared tent. the shit out just of me. so you all know you can only punch one tag per county in Oklahoma right. so so we roll up on y'all and I see you messing with your tent I'm thinking y'all are leaving so the first thing I say to y'all is I roll my window down and I say Y'all done tagged out, bull? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. turned around, remember I scared you because you didn't hear us drive up. No, no, y'all yeah, were Steven like ninjas. I was pretty scared. I said, no, <laughs> we just setting up camp. That, that, that's some sneaky Arkansas boys for you. Yeah. Must be. You got to be sneaky getting on them birds up there we, we or down the, there. We put the double Indian on them. Sure. So yeah, and then, uh, from then, yeah. I guess, really the place was small enough that we kept running into each other Yep. enough to keep connecting and made a friendship out of it. Realized. Obviously had common interests, you know, wanting to travel turkey hunt and have those bonds. I think it's a lot easier to make friends with people you share those type hobbies yeah. with and whatnot. And, oh, yeah. And absolutely. we kind of ended up bouncing information off of each other all week that we was there. The rest of the week we was there uh, hunting together. and we. Yeah. Well, little by little, we just yeah. became friends, you yeah. know. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting is that we kept running into each other. Me and you, Ramsey, we yeah. kept running into each yeah. other. So it made me, you know, realize that, all right, these guys, they're on the same birds we're on. They they kind of have the same mindset that we do. They're thinking the same way as we are. And that, without even being said, was something and that it, I noticed it, just it, us running into each it, other it on accident. Instead of fight with them about it and try to beat them there, well, let's just talk to them, get to know them, 
figure yeah. out what their plans are, and then we'll adjust that's, ours a little bit so we ain't bumping each other. That's the way to be about it because, I mean, absolutely. you know, if not, you're just – you're not sharing information, and then you're running into each other and you're getting aggravated or this or that. Yeah. Or somebody could get – Yeah, some – yeah, exactly. It takes the so fun out of it. It's, well, sure. and it's not worth it. We don't – you know, we're all yep. – we're all there to – well, and plus, when you make friends like that, and you're on one of them out of state trips, whether you connect or not, but if your friends do that, you've made, you yeah. feel like you've had some success too oh, that you can share. Absolutely, like with y'all in that old double spared turkey. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was. Did that was y'all, pretty special. Uh, did y'all tell the story about that ripping his pants over there on the? Mm, a little bit. No, we, we did a really. little bit. Yeah, I. We didn't. I guess I mentioned. We that. didn't dive too deep into. No. So what happened? Y'all is, coming back? Let me give my perspective. Okay. I think it'd be All funnier. Right. Yeah. All right. You start, and then I'll end with what. So, happened. so I'm sitting on the tailgate. Me, Ramsey, and uh, Stephen are having a conversation, and Austin is skinning his bird. Out of nowhere, Austin stands up and goes to acting like he's got ants in his pants and stripping them off or something. I didn't know what was going on. Well, about that time, I seen the blood stain come through his pants yeah it was it was shooting some blood out a little bit and what i was doing i was trying to cut the drums off of my bird and hashtag save the legs hashtag save the legs (laughs) and my leg (laughs) (laughs) but not sure you saved that one (laughs) anyway we uh well when i killed the bird i uh i already had ramsey snapchat and i believe chisholm's too yeah. Anyways, I sent them a Snapchat that I killed that bird, and they were on the way to town, and you know had asked if we need any needed any anything from town. Well, I sent them that snap back, and they're like, "All right, well, when y'all come out, you know we're gonna meet you and hang out for a bit." So they stopped by, and we got to you know having a good time and. Next thing you know, I'm not paying attention, skinning <laughs> that drum out on that turkey, and knife slipped and started skinning himself. Next thing you know, my name's Stitches. So. <laughs> oh, Stitches! Y'all got some funny Southern words, I tell you. Go get a beer, Utah. Utah. Mm-hmm. Utah. What was that? What was that word you commented on one of our videos? Just I don't know. You misspelled it and all all the shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's just one remember. of those phrases you text. Well, we can't read and write too well down there in Arkansas, so we misspell yeah, a lot of things. Y'all, y'all know how to count. South, so they must not be smart. <laughs> <laughs> I can count to 15 because that's all the toes and fingers. Oh, that's that. You ain't long, you're wrong because uh, we just did some pattering of the guns, and you seem to count up to what 65 in one of those patterns. I think we got 88 over there in that 20 gauge. Yeah, if you want to go stand over there, we'll uh, we'll try it out again. <laughs> I'll I'll take my chances by just continuing the podcast, <laughs> but yeah, no, you you guys uh, you guys acted fast yeah, in that I, situation. I had a, gear, I was a little bit start a little struck yeah. on that because my buddy and I thought he was bleeding out. Right. I had a gear bag in my truck that I carry with me, and not just on out of state trips, but I carry it everywhere. And I had some first Ramsey aid stuff in there. Ramsey saved the day for sure. Yeah, and and we got it cleaned out, and we got it peroxided, we got it washed out real good, and we had bandages and gauze and elastic bandage and everything else and we got it patched up good enough that and cleaned out good enough that he could yeah get to the hospital and that was one thing that it helped out tremendously on it healing and 
everything else is we got that thing clean right. immediately. I'm ju- I'm just really happy that we didn't have to take the shotgun out of the truck and put him out of his misery. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. We was able to patch Me it up too. instead. <laughs> Me too. Well, from my point of view, I could tell y'all had the medical side of things under control, but I was kind of seeing that you were worried, so I just went to cracking jokes with you, yeah. keeping you calm. Yeah, you know, it it definitely helped. It was it was a little freaky. <laughs> I'm no not doubt. Lie. Ramsey was the medical guy. Chisholm was the uh, positivity, and <laughs> I was Main the GPS. Is, yeah, looking Main for the urgent is, care. <laughs> you know, there's a major artery close, so I just, I mean, obviously, I didn't hit it we would have known immediately but yeah it wasn't it wasn't heart beating blood so no shout out to uh no there's just some fat hanging out and (laughs) you know that's (laughs) shout out to double double r forage forge knives for being so sharp right you know right check them out you gotta be careful (laughs) they almost get you that's a hey twenty five dollar ad right there speaking of speaking of this is a good spot this is a good spot for this there's a zipper bag right down there at the end of the ice chest Okay. I only had one bag, but open it up. Uh-oh. What we got here? One's for you. One's for Austin. No way, Pick man. which one you want. He's just trying to one-up us. He already got us some T-shirts. Now, you know, I've got a railroad background, so so this ties in with that. It's Oh, oh that's sweet, man. Not the greatest knives in the world being railroad spike You knives. sure you want to give Austin one of these? <laughs> <laughs> well, he might, Reliability. Lose, he might lose a leg with that one <laughs> instead of just poke a hole in it. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that, yeah. Ramsey. Thank well, you. Well, we we yeah, appreciate man. y'all inviting us up here, and absolutely, That's showing awesome. us some properties and and uh, hanging out with us. So, well, yeah. now now we got something to skin tomorrow when you and Austin kill some birds. Right. That's right. Yes, sir. I'm gonna. You gonna put I'm us on the spot it. like that? Uh, I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah. Now we got that tension gonna, on us. I'm put a little keep, pressure on him. I'm gonna keep that. Le- yeah, that's what Jacob <laughs> said. We were walking out. He said, "Don't put that pressure on you." He said, I, "Man, I got two days. Maybe I can hunt." I got to kill one. I got to. I said, don't put that pressure on yourself, boy. Then you're just going to sack yourself out. Yeah, I know. Well, we're we're dealing with a, what, 10-plus year streak of you killing birds 11. here in Missouri. 11. 11 years. Killing a long beard every year. Coming down to the wire. I can understand it, but I, I get well, what Chisholm's saying, too. It ain't you've about. You've had a lot of hurdles to go over this year. Yeah. So, it's understandable. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's I've I've had less time to hunt this year than any other time. That's you know time in the woods, get your birds and and it ain't like we ain't I've, getting close. No, you know heck no. Plus, I mean I I try to take somebody every year, somebody new preferably, and I did that this year on open the whole first week that I had chances to go, which I had the first two days, I had Sunday, so and I took took a guy from work that. He's never killed one. We had three different opportunities, just didn't work out. So, and, and whether you kill something or not, just take the time to no, and make the memories in the woods. That sunset you coming, might, or that sunrise coming up, that owl hooting at first light. Yeah, and uh, you could whatever. The first one we called in was opening day, and you might want to exploit this, but his his words, I mean, that bird gobbled. He he came in. I don't know where he was on the roost because we never heard anything that way. All of a sudden, this bird gobbles about 4 o'clock to my position, and he's about 100 yards. So, and there's a, he was on the property line, and 
I called back to him. He responded again. Heard him. I could hear him drumming at that point. And uh, so I told the guy I was with, I was like, hey, you know, get ready. Get your gun up and everything. And uh, we're sitting there. And we don't hear anything. Nothing comes in for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. So at that point, I'm looking around, and I'm because we didn't have the you know the greatest position. He's coming in to my four o'clock, and my buddy was on my left, so you know he's at ten or eleven o'clock. So not ideal. So I was we were gonna make a move if we could, and I crept up to the field edge, and I peeked up around the brush or whatever, looked out in the field to my right, and the bird just gobbled on his own again and at this point he was like 60 yards closing in so and I mean he was still on the edge of the field so I just crept back down and that was it we couldn't you know we had to sit where where we were at so uh, I never made another call and you could just hear him spitting and drumming the whole way in and he pops up about I guess to my one o'clock and my buddy had a shot at him and one right before he came in i threw my gun up too right after i told him and when i put my gun up i guess he just had mixed feelings about it and i don't know why but you know the agreement was that he was going to shoot first but since i threw my gun up and him never really being out, he was like, well, I thought you were going to shoot it, and it's your spot. Started so second-guessing yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so he kind of second-guessed himself, and uh, it was just, you know, I, I guess cool I should experience yeah, nonetheless. I should have ran that over with him, but, I mean, I didn't really think about it. Just, you know, if, you know, he he's a coyote hunter and everything, calls him in, so if a coyote's coming in, you know, you're going to have everybody's got their gun up. So. Right. But just one of them things, and bird walked off and that was it but she wrote. i would say that was a win in a lot of ways yeah it was that's the thing about this traveling turkey hunting that all of us do if you go into every situation and every place you go your goal is only to kill a bird you know a lot of the time you ain't gonna get that goal you're gonna fail yeah exactly and so if you go into the situation with the mindset that hey i'm gonna come out here and i'm gonna have a great time and if I kill a bird, that's the that's icing awesome. on the cupcake. That's right. Then you're probably going to have better luck. And yeah, you're going to be in a better mindset. If mind you don't, set. exactly. Yeah. If you, you know. don't, you still feel like you succeeded. Yeah. Well, and you're gaining intel, if anything. Exactly. You know, you got the yeah. jump on them for next time or, or whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, we all want to get it done, but right. you got to. What I like to do now that I'm doing more videoing is – get a video of a turkey i may not have to kill one and I, and that's my ultimate goal right but if i get a video of one that's my gotcha exactly i gotcha yeah that that's you know that's kind of what your guys are talking about but you don't get to share it you right. know that experience exactly. you get to just have that experience for yourself yep so i i get what you're saying though chisholm that you know you just got to go to the woods and enjoy what you get to work with exactly and, uh, Obviously, it's a lot better. A lot oh, better yeah. if you guys no, we're not gonna, to work with. We're not going to downgrade the fact that... We all like icing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You don't want yes, no sir. cupcake without the icing, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 
I got the. We still got time though. It's gonna. Oh gonna yeah. Bring, we're gonna get that icing on there, Ramsey. Oh yeah, yeah I, th- I think so. I got the uh, opportunity to hunt with Ramsey. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday it was yep. yeah, and different little, little bit different style of hunting than I am accustomed to, and I really enjoyed it. I got to. Y- you like to stay on your feet. I yeah, I, I like to cover a lot of ground. I, I guess that's part of it because I'm you know from Arkansas and. Yeah, if you don't to, cover ground, you if, probably ain't gonna get on. If you don't cover it. ground, you're not gonna find a bird because they're so few and far between. So yeah, and there's make a, a lot of tracks and that's right. hit a lot of places. There's know. situations here where if you get into the right area, you know, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you need to move, but yeah, you know, maybe not mm-hmm. as much. It might be more ben- beneficial to stake Just out a place where out. you know there's good sign where you yeah. know a bird's regular. Right. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, new territory, I mean, what do you do? Well, that's another part of it, too. New territory, you know, was really my first day to hunt there, so part of that was no, yes, sir. let's walk around and cover some miles and yeah. kind of figure some stuff Drop out. Drop some pins yeah. or Drop nothing else. Pins. Yeah, hey, and that's what you figure stuff out. Exactly. You know, you got to figure mm-hmm. it out, and how else are you going to do it, you know, except exactly. getting in there and – you know, I really want to find where them stupid birds are because that's what I need. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I like to put it in until I find them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What I enjoyed about hunting you, with you is that we were covering some steep terrain for Missouri, and however you were able to maneuver around it, it was always an easy path. So you can tell you're definitely from Arkansas <laughs> trying to find – or able to read those maps mm-hmm. to where you're not going up and down constantly you're able to right. ride the side of those hills and get to where you want to be without come using a whole bunch of work come in on the high side but low enough to where you ain't just ro- roll roll just right under that lip a little bit it gives you some cover and, yeah. and you can make moves a little better and it's yeah, you not ain't, bad walking ain't right on the horizon you might have to dip down yeah. or yep and i think a lot of that comes from far before we would have considered our, ourselves turkey hunters just being raised down there. around that area, you know, whatever it was, BB gun, squirrel hunting. You just learn to navigate the woods yeah. and that steep terrain mm-hmm. You're where take we're from. The easy path, just exactly. like everything else. You learn how to see it. Yeah. Woodsmanship is so important to turkey hunting. True. I found. I mean, I'm not the world's best caller. I've only been hunting for a few years, but what I do have in my arsenal is some woodsmanship. And. You guys take it to a different level. I've just briefly noticed that you guys have a, a different savvy about you in the woods. I appreciate that. I I, I would have liked to have been on a couple of your hunts here in Missouri, Chisholm, but you just get it done so early. Well, yeah. You know, you don't give us any time to Ran into to a couple of dumb ones, out. what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so why don't you take us through uh, a couple of your hunts here in Missouri, and, and then maybe, if you could, talk about some of the unique things about Missouri differences okay. and, and Trams, Ramsey, you can chime in too. If you have anything to add, I just want to hear it from a different perspective. Gotcha. So with coming here, obviously I had, you know, low to moderate expectations. And I think if you go into any, any hunt with super high expectations, most of the time you're just going to get your balls cut. Cause yeah. nine, nine times out of 10, you know, it ain't going to live up to your expectations. So I really didn't 
have any, you know, plans of coming over here and just tagging out in three days, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was, you know, I told Ramsey, I said, uh, what, what was my words? I was optimistic, but optimistic, but not uh, confident or something like that. Anyways, so we get over here and uh, we stay our first night. What do we roll in about? Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. There we go. Look at it. One thirty-two in the morning. So, and it was supposed to be just crap weather. Yeah, it was raining the forecast for that morning. Exactly, it was. And so, our plan was, you know, stay close to camp. If it's raining, if it's crappy in the morning, just sleep in, get some rest for the good days to come. And so, I would say my first wake up was at about daylight, and I woke up and stuck my head out of the tent and hooted and didn't hear anything. So I went back to sleep, and about, I would say, 20 minutes later, I woke up feeling like I heard a gobble, and sure enough, I woke up and kind of sat there for a second and heard a gobble, and then heard a different bird gobble, and then heard a different bird gobble, and uh, so from that point on, I knew, you know, this this might be something. So from there, I knew, you know, the the strength of your map scouting is going to come in a lot more handy than it would in areas like Arkansas where, you know, it doesn't really matter how much map scouting you do. If you go there and there isn't birds, there just isn't birds. These places that have a decent population, you can more so gravitate towards your map scouting of places that really should have a bird, and there's probably going to be a bird there. And so I started doing that, and Austin also obviously helped me out with a direction to point and those birds I'd heard the first morning. Yeah, but not to say you guys didn't put in work because you did. True. So Austin rolls in about eight o'clock, right? Yeah. And so. Well, I met you all that night. Right, right. I was, I was just coming off of my work week, so. Yeah. So Austin, Austin leaves that night, comes back the next morning about eight o'clock, and we head out hunting in the rain. And uh, I had looked at a piece on the map and you know kind of went back and forth with steven said some of this looks real good and he said yeah it it should be good i've killed a bird in that area never went in some of the areas areas you've pinned but uh oh yeah just leave it if it sounds oh, good bird. it was austin that killed the bird but i mean hey if you want to give me credit chisel my fault keep, keep my saying fault. me yeah, my keep, fault keep saying <laughs> he's all about that <laughs> <laughs> my fault so anyways i don't care we uh we go over to that area and uh about halfway in I'd say to the area we wanted to get to I called or Ramsey crowed or something and we heard a bird gobble. And so nobody else heard it though I don't think from that point but me. No, Chisholm Chisholm heard it. So I was kind of, you know, second guessing myself at that point, but I gave a decent idea of where I thought it was and so we headed on that direction. So we get up to the spot we wanted to get to, and uh, I call in the bird gobbles where we initially thought he was. Yeah. And so we make a setup on him, and the bird comes up over just right to the lip like they usually do. Gave us one look and one strut, and Austin was about 20 yards in front of me, and he never seen him. And I'm shooting the old 20-gauge, and 60 yards is a poke. Yeah. So – 
that one got away. And uh, from that point, we basically said, well, let's not put any more pressure on that bird than we need to. Let's spread out and, you know, see how many options we can find. And so I just went to walking and scouting. And uh, once the rain really picked up, I tried to target some field areas where I felt like there'd be birds getting out in the fields away from, or, you know, whenever they get out in the fields in the rain, it seems backwards to me, but that's what they like to do. So mainly predatory yeah. reasons. Could be, because yeah. they, they can't I mean, hear. They're in the woods. They can't they're hear. They're, they're in the, the open. Yeah. Yep. But they can see in the, see in the fields. So I get, I come into this public field and I see a gobbler about the time he sees me and he ran off but from that point forward i said okay i'm gonna really really take things slow and so i started making my way back towards the truck text the guys said i'm easing back towards the truck i'll just meet y'all there and uh got about halfway back and was creeping over a knoll and uh caught a gobbler down in the bottom below me and i got my binoculars up and seen it was a long beard and so I basically got in the woods along the edge of the field and got as close to that lip as I thought I could, you know, without him seeing me. And called one time and peeked over the edge and seen that color change in his head. Knew he was probably going to come. And he came to about 50, and uh, he could obviously see there wasn't a hen right there. So he tucked them wings, and I sent one at him, and it worked out. That was just what day one. That was day one. <laughs> day one at about twelve thirty. So if you if you guys are hearing some wind in this in this episode, we are out in the element. We Ram- are Ramsey's been cooking and everybody's been eating it. Oh yeah, True no that. doubt about that. that that's yeah. where the wind's coming from. Yep. Yeah. So how'd y'all like that uh, groundhog? What do you think? It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Kind of had the texture of roast beef and tasted like anything else that you fry. Yeah. True. A little less taste, though. I mean, we yeah, the flour season and flour kind of fell off of it. True, but not bad. What? No, it really wasn't. I feel like it was the exact consistency of just roast beef. That's. I'd say if you had a tenderizer, old hammer like a deer meat, and oh, man. beat it out a little bit, and yeah, it'd be just as good. All right. Yes. Ain't gonna cook. Ain't gonna feed a family. I can tell you that. No, no <laughs> not a lot of meat on it. The back strap was not not a lot there. It's not the strangest thing I've ever ate, though. True, why don't it's you, why you uh, tell the listeners about the time you gave me some deer meat in a gallon Ziploc bag? Was that the bobcat? True, yeah. 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 The fried bobcat? Yeah. Was it fried or was it, was fried, it the yeah. bobcat Look, tamales? Nah, it was fried bobcat okay. looked just like deer meat. He yeah. said, hey, try this deer meat. See what you think about it. I tried some new seasoning out. And so, you wouldn't have known any different until I told you, probably. No, I wouldn't have. It wasn't it was bad. Good. It wasn't bad. So it did taste like venison? Pretty much same texture, similar taste. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Wasn't well, bad. Interesting. Now, now instead of just trapping them for the fur, you can eat them. Exactly. For Ramsey. Yeah. Chisholm, what would you think? I liked it. You it liked it? You'd do good. it again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I cooked Absolutely. it several different ways, too. Or at the time, my wife did. Uh, we'd made some barbecued barbecued some we had crock potted it and pulled it and barbecued it yeah. uh had some as roast uh we boiled some and peeled it off off the bone and made uh homemade tamales with it and then we fried the backstrap well folks you're hearing it first so, bobcat. save the bobcat save the bobcat <laughs> <laughs> but then you know we say that and then 
Here Save we are talking about turkeys. <laughs> Save Kill the bucket. <laughs> Save the meat. There you go. There you go. Uh, so Chisholm, why don't you tell us about maybe I know that you know you kind of went in on a little bit on that hunt. Maybe what you think about Missouri and and maybe can you give us your perspective on Missouri? Yeah, sure. What, what do you think as far as I don't know bird population calling. You know, whatever whatever comes to mind that you think might be a little bit different that you haven't experienced, because right. I know you hunt a lot of states. Right. I would say, at least in this area, and I know throughout a state, it can be so different from one area to the next on population density. In this area that my uh, new friends have uh, bestowed upon me, it is very... Very promising when you can go go driving around the public land spots and see birds, you know, out and about. Nothing like that really happens around home, obviously. And so when we started seeing that, I knew, like I said, like I had talked about earlier, that map scouting and having a good idea of where birds should be comes in handy because you can start dropping those pins of where where there's going to be a bird, not where there should be a bird, you know. Yeah. And it's held true in just about every place we went, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So you've been to quite a few states. How many states overall have you been to just in your turkey hunting stint? I have, me and Austin were talking about this yesterday, and I hadn't added it up. I think it was 10 or 11 yeah. that I had killed in. And I believe I've killed in every – no, I didn't kill in Florida. So, I guess I've hunted 12 and killed in 11. Florida's a tough one to to master. It was. No doubt about that. Yeah. yeah it was gonna, tough. It's going to be tough. I, I haven't experienced it yet, but I plan on it. Just from ev- what everybody says, it, it looks like a fun but different hunt, but it looks tough. And And not to say that I couldn't have made it happen – but I had a very limited amount of time that I could hunt in that time frame, and uh, oh, yeah. Alabama was just right there. So yeah. I ended up opting to go up to Alabama, and which worked out pretty good for me, I would say. Yeah, I'd say so too. How many birds did you get in Alabama? Just I killed one? one, and one of my good buddies, shout out to Cade, he he always just kind of asked me my opinion of places that I go, and he, he at the time was working five days a week. And uh, – so I called him. I think I killed on a Wednesday or something like that. I said, "Bud, you might want to get out, th- get out here." And uh, just out of a stroke of luck, he had got a call from a different job that day, and uh, put in his two weeks' notice. And they said, "Ah, it's all right, man. Just go on." So he had two weeks there that he could work with. So he come out the first day he was there. We killed a bird, and from that point on, weather went south, and we stayed for two or three more days i believe and we're on birds every day but never connected again i will say this this is kind of an interesting thing that happened over there so we were uh we were out roosting and uh we were on this big long ridge top and the whole evening i had thought that i was hearing drumming right down the ridge from us and eventually when once we felt like the birds were in the tree i hooted and a bird gobbled straight off the ridge down from us and 
in kind of a holler, so it was real muffled. You could just hear the sound of it. Yeah. And so I hooted again. The bird never gobbled again. So I never really got a good, you know, clear hear of what the bird sounded like. So I didn't know, you know, Jake, gobbler, whatever. But I decided that was my best odds. So I went back the next morning and uh, came around the end of the ridge and got in the bottom with where I thought the bird was and caught a bird up in the tree uh, that looked like it was strutting. So I stayed right where I was for probably 45 minutes. They stayed in the tree. That one bird was strutting and preening and nothing ever gobbled, though. It's like, okay, well, maybe he's around here somewhere. He's got to be. Or that's him strutting, obviously. And uh, so that bird pitches down into a draw right across from me, and two other birds pitch with it. And uh, I knew that those birds were getting close to the po- or the private line, so I wanted to make a qu- quick move over there to see if I could make it happen. So basically it was two two ridge lines that came down and created a draw that went up into a saddle, and at the top of the saddle was the line. So I went down the – or I went up the ridge that was closest to me and then popped over the edge to see if I could see the turkeys. And I popped over, and there was a hen at about 10 yards. And she went across the draw and went up the other ridge. And uh, I peeked over again and saw another hen, and uh, she went the same way. So I said, okay, well, he's got to be the only one left. So I click my safety off, and I raise up, and I see a turkey's tail fan spread out. And uh, as soon as... He was about to turn. I was about to kill him. Well, he turns, and it was a gray head. I couldn't find a beard and uh, got to looking at it real hard. I said, I think that's a hen. And sure enough, it was a hen, and she was just strutting, and I don't know what her deal was, but she was strutting behind those other two hens, and she went up on top of the ridge, and a crow came over and called, and the hen gobbled. And it wasn't like a hard eastern gobble. But it, you could have compared it to a Jake gobble, I would say. Yeah. I can tell you exactly what the deal was. Let's hear it. It's 2021, and they can self-identify as exactly. whatever they want to. <laughs> That's got to be it. I mean, they I've vo- never heard that. They voted I've for Biden. It. You've heard that? I've heard of hens gobbling. <laughs> I've seen it on Ramsey, you YouTube and stuff. It was interesting. I, I have seen hens strut before here in Missouri. So, And uh, to make a full circle – the first turkey I ever saw in Alabama was a hen out in the field strutting and ended up, I mean, most likely being that same hen because it was just right back there on the public behind the field where I ended up running into her again. And uh, the whole time we were there, we kept hearing this gobble that we called the Rio bird because it sounded like a Rio gobble. And I guarantee you that was that hen. It was just kind of a bubbly, you know, yeah. Jake gobble type of deal. That's weird. It was odd. I've never heard of such a thing. I'm <laughs> intrigued, a, but, I, you know, I haven't been doing it as long. here, but it was more of, like, dominance. Right. You know, they didn't just, like, parade around and gobble and whatnot. No, it was, it was very odd. She, I don't know. She acted just crazy. like a tom. Yeah. Pretty neat. Definitely. But a little bit of kind of a kick to the nuts on your last morning when you chase a gobbling hen on accident. Yeah. I can imagine. I wouldn't. 
wouldn't have suspected that, and I'm sure that's probably what was gobbling that night. Exactly. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It was just down in that holler enough and muffled enough that it sounded good enough for me to think it was a gobbler. You know. That's what you get nowadays. You know, you just gotta you gotta let them be. That's what they want to be. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. So you uh, you hunted in Alabama, and then where'd you go next? So I hunted, hunted Florida first, left Florida, headed to Alabama, came home, hit Ramsey up, and went to Oklahoma. Met y'all there, came home, hunted Arkansas, killed my bird in Arkansas the second day, left that Thursday and went to Kansas. Killed in Kansas, came home that Sunday, or maybe Saturday, somewhere in there. Came home, killed again in Arkansas. Left Arkansas and came. Home. Well, see, now we just got through talking about how hard Arkansas is, and you're telling me you're tagged out. Well, <laughs> he tagged out in Arkansas and then came up here and tagged out. I ain't even feeling Three days. Yet. My goodness. Ramsey, we'll, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this old boy talk about <laughs> killing turkeys. Why don't you tell us about uh, you, you ain't how got your sure, season's going? You ain't got to sure that you know, I ride with him back home. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's going to be rubbing it in if you don't get one. But we're going to get you on one uh, here pretty soon. I, hey, I got a hey, feeling. Even if we don't, I've got my money's worth just hanging out and being in the woods and hearing Absolutely. the birds gobble and, and just the adventure in itself. It's been a great it's, time. It's worth it. It has been a really good time. You know, I was telling y'all last night, my wife was wondering, she's th- thinking I'm hunting out of state because I ain't ever home. I'm with you guys. And right. I told her, I said, well, this makes up for all the partying you did on the weekends. And I'm just doing it in one week. <laughs> <laughs> don't be telling on her on here now. <laughs> oh, she don't listen to this. <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> but, uh, Ramsey, t- how's how's your season going, man? It's been going good. Uh, first day out in Oklahoma, uh, I folded up a jake at about 60 yards with a 20 gauge and uh wanted to get something under my belt first time out there and first time hunting rio first time hunting rios so wanted to get something under my belt so right I, there with you man so i punched one um and for a four day you know four days of hunting new territory i i was happy you know i was glad with that then got back to arkansas and i'd been me and a couple other buddies had been kind of taking notes and creating a turkey journal and they've got access to different private lands than I have, and then I have my own access and so on and so forth. So we were all pulling off of each other so that we all three would have more grounds to hunt and just kind of hunting together. And uh, all the birds that we had kind of located before season just ended up vanishing while me and Chisholm was in Oklahoma. We'd come back and uh, other buddy Montana's like, man, I haven't seen them birds here or there or there, you know, in, in the last week. and I went checking my few spots and nothing there and so on and so forth. Well, we finally ended up finding some uh, on the other buddies, uh, some of his access. So we just all kind of teamed up on that area and uh, was on some birds the first morning. Heard them gobble quite a bit, got pretty close that morning, but they stayed on a neighbor's private that we didn't have access to. And uh, that evening they had went there and roosted, and I had something else I had to do, so I couldn't roost with them. And they somewhat told told me where one was roosted at and our plan was to all three go in there and just kind of spread out on the property and somewhat surround the bird that way no matter which way he pitched off or which way he went somebody was going to be there to make a move on him and we could text back and forth and say hey go here go there 
and maybe try to head this bird off because you know there's not a lot of birds in the area and and it's kind of hard to pin them down sometimes so strength in numbers yeah so we decided to do that and i showed up there and before daylight that morning and parked and then i get a text from my one buddy said hey i'm not gonna make it i'm gonna go do my rat killing or my work early and then come back for an evening hunt a roost hunt and other buddies like yeah i decided to go go in and do mine early and i'm gonna come back for an evening hunt too and i'm already halfway to where i'm wanting to go anyway so i stayed there i almost felt guilty about it but it turns out i killed a bird so i didn't feel too guilty about it but uh had had started walking in towards where they said he he was roosted at and got about halfway there and and heard him gobble so i started covering some ground and got down below him at the edge of a food plot <clears throat> He's on a big hardwood ridge, and there's a creek bottom down there with me, and cow pastures on top, and a little food plot down there in the bottom. And I didn't know if he'd pitch the pastures or just pitch where he was at or pitch to the plot. So I figured it would be easier for me to sneak up on him if if he didn't come to the plot. I figured I had an easier time getting to him going uphill. I had more cover versus coming down the hill. So I set up below him, and he gobbled about as much as i've heard a bird gobble in arkansas in probably four or five years i'd say i listened to him gobble probably a hundred times that morning and i killed him at seven o'clock or a little Hell after yeah. but uh he hit everything that made noise even me he even gobbled at me just hearing you walk yeah i mean anything i know my calling he even gobbled at my calling he was oh, did he gobble at that what? owl hoot he did gobble at that owl hoot why don't you give it a whirl Oh, yeah. I'd have gobbled at that. <laughs> That'll but, kill him. But anyway, he ended up pitching down right at the base of his tree, and he was right on the lip of the ridge, a real steep ridge down the creek draw. So once I figured out he was on the ground, I knew I wasn't going to call him down the ridge to me. So I, I backed out of the food plot, and I, I picked a little drainage that come off this ridge about 100 yards to the west of where he was at, and I started poking my way up that drainage. And I would crow call or owl hoot or whatever to keep him gobbling or he was gobbling so good i really didn't have to and uh, just kept a pinpoint on him and kept easing my way up that drainage until i got on his level and then i found a spot where i could i, I could set up uh, the drainage split off into a y and there was a little point there in the middle of it and i crawled up on the edge of that point had just enough roll over to where the bird was to give me some cover and i started hitting him with some calling and he hammered and here in a little bit i seen a head poking out around a tree at about 55 yards and he had a couple trees blocking him and a stob in the way and everything else and he sat there and strutted and gobbled for five or ten minutes and never made a move and every time his head would go behind a tree I'd cast my call farther down that drainage just turn my head and cast it as far behind me as I could and finally he had to take that one extra step so he could see that one extra foot or two you know just to check to see if she was there and when he did that was it that was the last look he ever took. <laughs> it, it's really cool that you put that much thought into it that, hey, this bird's stuck. And the only way I'm going to be able to get this bird unstuck is to call and for him to assume he can't see mm -hmm. where you're calling to. And, yeah. and I guess Cause, the rest cause, of history. You know, where he initially came to, he uh, ended up coming probably 15 foot higher above me than – the level that he was originally on when he come over to take the look and you know he wanted that advantage i guess that little bit higher ground or whatever so he could see better and i was just lucky enough that i had that deep drainage behind me so i knew that 
you know, there's probably parts of that that he couldn't see into. So every time he'd duck his head behind a tree, I'd just cast a call real lightly, you know, toward the direction of that deepest part of that drainage. And he finally had to take that one or two steps just to double check. And, and, and sometimes that that's the yeah. what's going to take it, what it's going to take to to kill a bird because some of those birds are stubborn. Isn't that right, Austin? Boy, we needed a couple extra steps today, didn't we? <laughs> yep. Just a couple, and it would have been game over. But yeah. What happened today, man? Uh, well. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> first off, uh, Chisholm killed his bird while I was sleeping. And then once I got He has up, a funny way of doing that, don't he? <laughs> once I got up and got out there, uh, we got we took care of his bird. We had a good idea where some birds were. Yeah, you guys roosted some last night and uh we went over to that area and got out and milled around for a minute and ended up hearing a bird gobble so we headed that way uh, milled around you mean uh yeah chisholm (laughs) his thing is i'm telling you if he goes and takes a shit then bird's gonna gobble bird's gonna gobble (laughs) and he went and took a shit and i was sitting there crow calling and whatnot got the crows going which i mean i think those are already going but crowed a few times and heard one gobble so i'm sitting up there whistling and carrying on trying to get chisholm's attention he comes stomping up out of the draw and i was like hey do you hear that bird he said no whatever and i was like yeah he just gobbled so we we moved that way and uh sure enough we got i don't even think we hit that wheat field and he gobbled again two or three times we hit the, uh, the edge of that pond there, yeah. and I owled real loud. Yeah. And he gobbled at that. Yeah. And uh, he was about where we already had him pinned, though. Yeah. Yeah. So we headed that direction. Chisholm ripped his jeans on the way. True. <laughs> there was a fence that was laid over. He had to cross, and there was a fence on the other side of that. So it, anyway, we got across that, and we got up on this bird, crept into what we thought was about 150 yards from him. And we're standing there kind of looking at the situation, deciding what we're going to do. Yeah, we were kind of scheming back and kinda, forth. Like, yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? How you far do you think? Yeah, that where's type he, of stuff. You know, and uh, just no longer than we get done talking briefly about that, it's like Chisholm turns around. He's like, I see his hand down low like, pushing down towards the ground so i got down and he was like hey he's right here strutting at 60 yards walking towards us so i crept and he waved me up there so i crept up right next to him and by that point uh we couldn't really see him from there after that but it's because you know we had crouched down so we decided that i was going to crawl up to a dead limb that was about 20 yards in front of us and Chisholm was going to sit back and call. And that's what we done. And uh, the bird, basically just as soon as I crept up and he started calling, he gobbled a few times where he was and he just was working, zigzagging back and forth on the ridge and kind of going away. So just to go into a little bit more detail, the only reason you crept up 
is yeah. because we were about at that 55, 60 yard 60. mark yeah. from the edge of the roll. Yeah. And so we just thought, well, why not get an extra 20 while we right. can to where well, he'll we be. Well, we were in on him close enough that he should have come over for a look. Exactly. I mean, it was we were in the thicket, and he was in some open stuff, another yep. thing. It was a big transition right there. And we thought that we could pull him in, but I'm not sure if there was actually two toms. We know there was a flock of birds. I mean, from sounds, right. anyways. And uh, so the bird obviously had hens around him. And we ended up, I crawled up to that piece of brush and we gave it a minute, and Chisholm was working him. I took my vest off crawled a little bit more and he was just one step ahead so I looked back at Chisholm and he waved me back so I crawled back to him and we decided to loop around and we looped around him and we got I'd say even closer to him we were probably I would say within 50 50 yeah when we sat down and I crawled up about 10 yards 10 to 15 I don't know maybe 20 yards past Chisholm and we had a tree picked out that I was going to go to, but the bird would, he would gobble in one spot, and then next thing you know, it looked, it sounded like he was taking the high side. So I got to a tree in between there and was basically just kind of stuck there. Um, he ended up, gob he gobbled at about 70 yards. I motioned Chisholm to call and he gobbled. He's about 70, and I was going to make my move to the tree we decided on. And no sooner than I got my composure to move, he gobbled again. Or if there was two of them, the other one gobbled, and it yeah. was about 40 yards just over the crest. And I, I could have swore I seen feathers shake or something shake when that yeah. happened, when he gobbled. But there was enough foliage there. I never seen his head periscope up, and I was I had my gun ready. And and also to clarify, at this point we're too far away to communicate like, hey, cluck or something to get yeah. his head up. Yeah, you know, like I can't even see you at this point. No, and I mean Chisholm could have assumed that I seen the bird and was just waiting, like right. waiting for a shot. Yeah, in, or in this my or that. like from my perspective, I thought, all right, it's, it's game time. He's about to shoot any second. He had just gobbled, and it sounded like he was sixty from me, and you were twenty ahead of me. Yeah, and it sounded like he was almost to the crest at that uh, point. He was. He was just. He was just on the other side, and I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming he periscoped at some point. I guess I just missed it. I don't know. Right. But, I mean, it was – I was ready, and I never – I seen those feathers shake when he gobbled, and I was just waiting for his head to pop up. Never did. And next thing you know, when he gobbled again, he was about 80. Yep. So we swung around and made a real quick move to get in front of him. In which we probably made a little more noise than we should have. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall us breaking sticks. Or I nothing. don't either. It but it just—that's just, the only thing I could think yeah. would be. I mean, we the deal breaker. You know, it was at that point in the morning. The wind wasn't up too but too much, and yeah, he probably just didn't like what he was hearing. Yeah, just heard yeah, that we got to that that next setup. I called and he never got with again. He didn't, and I snuck up over to, you know. The crest. That side of the crest. Yeah. And I looked, and I never seen nothing. But we ended up moving down and hanging out there for a while. And he gobbled again. 
what I'm we're assuming was him was in the straight line that the was, path of travel they yeah were that on. they were on and he hopped over to private pretty quick and you could we could hear hens and yeah. everything else from them so well as many birds as you know Chisholm would like to say there is out here they are still tough you know they oh still yeah. make you yeah. play oh the yeah. game a little bit and yeah you know I I thought uh, there was a great point you made earlier off the podcast Chisholm is that when you're in a an area where you have a little bit more of a population of turkeys that the hard part isn't really getting on them it's deciding which one to get on and sticking with it sure yeah, yeah. that's so, uh, that definitely part of it but also you know i mean all the birds the first bird he killed yeah he was by himself but he didn't you know he didn't just hammer or nothing which it was raining and everything he but never gobbled or never got, yeah never anything and the second bird you know, he crept up in there and made it happen as where to where he was first at, you know, that's probably where most people would have just plopped down. Yeah. I was 70 yards from him down a road bed, you know, one of them setups that seems like it would work. Yeah. But it, I knew I could get, I could close it further. And so, yeah. Well, and that, if you're, you're, if you're not using decoys yet, you know, you could stick a decoy up there and it might work. Yeah. You know, he's got something to see, but, you know, as not using a decoy, you're trying to get to that position where he's just got to come looking for you. And and also, I knew he had hens, the one this morning. Yeah. And so. I yeah. kind of want to talk about that second bird also, but I'm going to start with Ramsey. Ramsey, when we got to talking that first night when we were uh, going to roost some birds, you, uh, you mentioned a about the top- topography and and what made you decide to go roost in these areas being out of state I'd like to hear more about that I was looking at the elevation changes and I was actually reading my topography map backwards what I was thinking was ridges were actually hollows or draws or whatever you want to call them but uh nonetheless I like to look for elevation changes um for one they're either going to pitch off of the high point and go straight out to a limb to me that just makes sense because it's easier flying they don't have to pitch up they ain't gonna exert as much energy and then the next morning all they gotta do is just glide right down to the high point again um and, and on the other end of things a lot of times if there's a, a good roost location or good hardwoods big trees big limbs that are on top of high points where they can hear out over everything else yeah uh, and, and you know, call in hens. Call in uh, hens yeah, from there. It's also you know, beneficial they can, for them. They can yeah. set up high and they They're can hear everything around them. They yeah. can see stuff around them. You know, they've got the high point advantage. Yeah. So I, I like to look for them, them elevation changes and and off of ridges. I like to look for the the points uh, where they have several options to pitch to, either back on top of the ridge or down to a field on one side or a creek bottom on the other side or whatever. And you know, I I don't know much about turkey biology or this or that, but I just try to look at it from a common sense point of view like what's gonna make you know this bird's after a hen and he's after food where's he gonna roost that's gonna make it easiest for him to find that stuff in the morning that's just kind of what i look for and then i i think you know them pitching from a high point straight out to a limb is just easier for them so a lot of times that's why they're right off the rolls of the right. of the knolls and the points and, and stuff. one thing that me and you have talked about before is with that topography change you get some diversity in the forest yeah. and Obviously, that's gonna 
And and I'll also look where, you know, maybe some of these points and ridges come out in between field lines or vice versa or whatever. You know, so I'll I'll look for that diversity in ecosystem too, uh, where a bird's got several options. He's got cover, he's got open terrain, he's got food source, so on and so forth. if they don't have it, they're not going to be there as simple as that. Right. It's very uh, subtle change on the Onyx map that you showed me, whether it was an old clear cut versus mm. a – you know, just old timber that hadn't been cut in a while, and you could just see that subtle change. Yep. Yep. And not only that, transition but a lot of times lines. with that transition of timber, especially if it's a planted plantation or something, around the edge of it might be a fire break or an old den road or something that they're going to use as a travel That's route. Right. Just like right. this morning, how so. many times have you struck a bird and he's roosted on the line or just right there off yeah. the line? Yeah. There's just yeah. those subtle transition oh, yeah. chains that That's property where, lines yep. usually – cause yeah, that's right and, and, and that bird this morning some type of a change there you yeah, know exactly. he, he was within 100 yards of a private field and and there was a creek bottom down below him and he was off a big flat point uh of the biggest ridge there he could go up top into that yeah. field into the open and gobble and gobble up hens yeah. and he could be yeah. heard from his roost location that's right. too. Exactly. Gobble, so hens let, that yeah, flat. gobble up hens of the flat let everybody else in the flock know that hey i got i got this covered over here so well, what I found impressive uh, about you guys is that we'll just start with you, Ramsey. That same my, night, my, my dashing good looks. Well, besides the dashing oh, okay. good looks, it's it's knife the, making skills. Oh, man, all right. There's just all right, ladies. If you're listening, ladies out there, I'm, I'm single. True. Ramsey is True. on the prowl, and man, he makes a hell of a knife. And he 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 won't let you starve, man. He's a turkey killing son of a gun. So hey, hit him up. You know. We'll drop some uh, links in the bio <laughs> here. Drop his Instagram. There you yeah. go. <laughs> we'll get into that. But we'll, we'll throw you that Snapchat out there too. <laughs> so what I found was impressive, Ramsey. Uh, uh, both of you guys. The first night when we roosted, you put waypoints, and you're like, "Hey, I, I'm just gonna." I picked three spots on what was that a thousand acres or so? No, eight hundred. Eight hundred. Yep. I picked three spots. I said, "I'm just gonna go on a whim, and I'm gonna pick these three spots." And I'm going to see how close we are to a bird roosting at one of them spots. And the only bird we roosted that night was almost dead on where I'd picked that spot. Yeah, and I'll say, honestly, I think you were two for three, actually. I Maybe. think when I first okay. got there, I was hearing a bird at one of the other spots yep. that you put on there. I just wasn't confident because mm-hmm. I didn't hear him once I got further in back there. So I think you were two for three. Now, I want to switch to Chisholm because last night I got to go roost with you and – uh, you went three for three, True. <laughs> and that third spot, I'm kind of interested to why you chose to roost there. What what decided? Give what made you decide as to which one? That the one was. where you killed your bird okay. this morning. Mostly just because that was the highest point around. You're open in that area. You can hear a long ways, and there's creek drainages on both sides of you to where I feel like you could hear down in both of those draws. Okay. And also, we had talked about that there was, you know, that CRP that butted up to the timber, that butted up to the crops. That was just a lot of diversity there in a small general area. And you had your water there, and it just had everything you would think you would need to hold a turkey. And like we we had said, usually there's a turkey there around here, you know, in those spots that ought to be one. It looked like there's going to be a turkey in that spot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's all great information, guys. And, you know, I hope it helps somebody else trying to go out of state and, and look for birds. Just 
you know, I'm not trying to steer you any any direction, but I guess Arkansas, I probably wouldn't try their first. <laughs> <laughs> not your first out-of-state trip, I'd say. So we, we ended up hearing that bird at like 8.30 at night. It was pretty dark by the time we heard that it bird was, It was dark. And, you know, I know that you were back and forth. We'd heard a couple of the birds, and you were still trying the to The main thing out. with that bird is, remember, when he gobbled, we heard hens answering. Yeah. And so just, you know, generally speaking, you'd rather – You'd rather hunt one that's fired up and acts like he doesn't have hens. And that first bird that we had heard gobble, we didn't even have to hoot. He was already just hammering. Yeah. And uh, so my initial thought was that bird is probably alone and he'd probably be easier to kill. And uh, me and Ramsey got back here to camp and was talking and just talking about timing and how we were going to do everything. And basically just the fact that this bird was closer to camp and I could drop Ramsey off and be over there and not have to wake up at 3 in the morning. <laughs> and uh, But I went into that situation knowing that that bird was roosted with hens. And going into that, I knew I had to be a little bit more aggressive as far as how close I was to get into that bubble to where if I was in a situation where I needed to call, maybe I chirped up those hens rather than called in that gobbler because I knew I wasn't gonna call it the gobbler away from the hens he's roosted with you know yeah and take that chance where the hens are like uh-uh yeah pull them away exactly so as soon as i heard the bird gobble i thought about either setting up in what seemed like a good filter into the corn stubble field where there was a lot of sign or get in the woods with them and try to get as close as i could to where i figured they would land and so i made a loop around and ended up being a roadbed in there i had no idea that that was there but it gave me the path that I needed to get uh close and uh so I got within I would say 70 ish yards and he gobbled straight down the roadbed from me and just the way he was roosted he was enough over the edge of that roadbed where I knew he was either going to roost or uh pitch to the roadbed or just over and I also figured he was going to be going away from me because the road wasn't far from me behind me. And so I wanted to get as close to within shooting range of where, you know, he could pitch to that roadbed as I could. And so I kept some stuff in between and got within what I figured was about 50 yards of where he was roosted. And uh, sure enough, he flew down. I think he was the first bird to fly down. The hens joined him. And I could hear him drumming, going away. And so I dropped down into the roadbed and crawled up to the edge and peeked over. Never made a call, but peeked over and seen that the hens were going away and finally picked him out strutting right there below me about 35 yards. And he took two steps the wrong way. Rest is history. (laughs) Sure was, man. Now, that's exciting. I was curious to see how you were going to play that out um, after I'd left last night and you decided to just go in right at the roost and tack them from that direction. And and coming up here, you know, we we coming up not knowing what the birds are going to be doing, how responsive they're going to be, so on and so forth. And as we get here and we kind of see what these birds are doing and how they're acting, you know, we start changing our tactics and changing our strategies exactly. quite a bit. And right yeah. now it don't seem to be a call them in to you type of game. It seems to be you either need to get in the direction they're going and get in front of them and they might come take a look at you. Or you need to figure out where they're going and Hang be there, out. be there ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, or get go right to them. 
Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Aggressive without yeah. getting caught. Exactly. Just just know what you can and can't get away with is because the biggest I, I don't, part I don't of this think we've hunt. other than the one he killed in the field, I don't think we've really found a bird that's been by itself or that's been willing to come a long ways to a call and generally that's what happens anyway. They expect a hen to come to them and not yeah. vice versa, but you know, sometimes you find them birds that are just easier to call in, but right now it's I don't think that's happening. I think it's uh be in the right place at the right time and kind of being ahead of the bird. If that don't sum up Missouri's public lands, I don't know what does. I mean, that's the game we've been playing, wouldn't you say, Austin, for a long time? Yep. Well, boys, it's getting to be roosting time. I'd say we probably better wrap up sooner rather than later. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts or, or questions before we get out of here? I'd I got a question that would be interesting to hear everybody's opinion. And I've listened to a lot of these podcasts with people, and it seems like you get a pretty general general answer every time. But I, I want to ask everybody's opinion on it just to see if y'all might agree with me. I think me and you may have had this conversation yesterday. But what would y'all say as far as mindset and skill set is most important when you go in? to kill a bird mindset for me i'll just start it i guess uh determination i mean if you're gonna well uh just like we it was you and me talking yesterday and the biggest thing is 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 if you continually grind and you're out there a lot which not everybody can be so that's understandable but if you can continually be out there hunting them you're gonna run into them What's that famous line that you like to say about them hogs, Ramsey? Even a blind hog finds an acre every now and then. There you go. There you go. So mindset, you got to be positive. you got to be confident in in uh, your setup. If you're not confident, then you probably shouldn't be in the area you're hunting, you know. That's my thoughts on it. And as far as skill set, you got to have some skill set with it a little bit, you know. But and that that skill set will come from time in the woods too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the more yeah. I totally agree. You know, I was telling Chisholm yesterday that, you know, when I first started bow hunting, it was just getting in there and bow hunting all the time. Before I realized, oh, there's certain times where I can bow hunt and be more effective. There's certain areas where I can be more effective, vice versa. Those kind of things. But that helps your mindset. Absolutely. Because then you're then you're confident, more confident in the spots that you're that you're hunting. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let somebody else take over that question. <laughs> I kind of stitches. What you, what you think? Uh, probably. I don't know. I guess mindset. Yeah. I mean that's that's the main thing. If uh, you, you can disagree if you want. If you if you feel differently well, about it, I'll butt well, in. I mean, I'll butt in here myself, but yeah. And just you. say you know most people. You ask them that question, and I would say 90% of people would say woodsmanship. And woodsmanship, yes, is is very, very, very important. Probably the number one most important thing to finish once you find a bird. But if you're, if you're the type of guy that goes out and gets on one bird and misses him like that guy that you were telling me about, and then you just go home and, you know. It's time to golf. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you ain't going to kill one. Okay, so what I was just what we were talking about yesterday is if you have the mindset of, yeah, we're high school baseball players batting against a major league pitcher, 
But if you swing the bat enough times, you're going to make contact. And if you have the skill set just enough, you know, to make that contact, then you're, you're probably going to hit it pretty far. Per- persistence in the woods. That's that's how I kill birds. Yep. Uh, I'm not the best caller. I'm not the best anything. Maybe the best looking out of this group. <laughs> uh, but that's not saying a lot. But uh, Appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> um I'm definitely the best blacksmith out of this group, though. That would, oh, I wouldn't that would even be fair know. to say. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah. But persistence in the woods, the the more you're out there, and even if you strike out on a bird or strike out on this bird or that bird, you're learning something and be willing to learn and adapt and change your strategies if they're not working. But uh, just the more you're in the woods, the more chances there are that you're going to run across a bird or run into birds or what have you and the higher chance you are that you're gonna find that acorn exactly you know another thing is i've heard me and Austin i think talked about this yesterday that there's there's a lot of ways that you can finish a hunt and uh everybody has their preferences you know with the whole decoy whatnot i i usually prefer to finish it with a lot of little pellets in the bird's head that I would. agree, Ramsey. I agree. Exactly, exactly. One of the few so far about this podcast <laughs> I can agree. But me and Austin were talking about it yesterday, and I was I was saying, I was like, you know, the end goal, you just picture it like a puzzle. And uh, everybody's everybody's goal is to finish the puzzle. But then you have certain people that like a few more pieces to the puzzle for it to be, you know, that extra little bit that gets them going. And I just thought that was interesting, being hunt, hunting around y'all that I've never hunted with and finding y'all's tactics very similar to mine. Me and Austin hunted real good together. Yeah. We, you know, we'd, we'd look at each other and make the same hand signal every time, you know. Yeah. But uh, as far as, like, the whole idea of uh, decoys and whatnot, man, if it makes you happy, go for it. It's you know? all the matter that's the legal. end of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Man, that's that's a hell of a way to. That, that's the end game. That's, that's the end game right there. Enjoy it. Yep. Exactly. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, God put this out here for us to enjoy. By golly, I'm gonna enjoy it. And so, he's uh, he's painting us a beautiful afternoon he, to roost some birds. He is true. Hey, the wind's afternoon. even calming down. We might hear something. Yeah, y'all might be able to hear us. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up so that we can go find some turkeys for Austin and Ramsey tomorrow and get on them. Yes, sir. Sounds like a plan. And uh, before we, you know, get out of here, Ramsey, why don't you throw your plug in and then tell us where we can find you. Uh, Ramsey Richardson, uh, you can find me at the word double, D-O-U-B-L-E underscore R underscore Forge, F-O-R-G-E. That's my Instagram. And let me pull up my Snapchat because I always get my own Snapchat wrong. My Snapchat is R-X-2-Forge. And... uh, I do a lot of my business over Instagram and Snapchat. Um, when I'm in the shop, I'm constantly recording stuff I'm making as I'm making it or doing little stories about what I'm making or so on and so forth. So find me there. That's what I like about your your business is that it's so personable. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many folks can Snapchat their orders, stuff right. like that, just yep. to kind of get communicating with the guy that's making them. Yeah. And you feel like you, you uh, know somebody better. Mm-hmm. through that stuff and, you know? and i've made a lot of friends 
yeah. uh, through this business and through making these knives or Including these me? other blacksmith products. Uh, Chisholm, that's how I uh, become acquainted with him is he wanted to come over the shop and forge a knife. And he's, you know, there's a big age gap between me and Chisholm, but he, you know, I said, yeah, come over, we'll forge a knife, so on and so forth. And we had a lot of common interests. We started doing a lot of bow fishing together, a lot of squirrel hunting together, uh, just, and had a blast, so. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I'd, and uh, Chisholm, 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 but like might be getting up there. Uh, Chisholm, why don't you give your plug? I know you've got a couple Instagrams. One, you're, you've got a media Instagram. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I've got my personal Instagram. I don't reckon I'll just give that one out, but if you do want to check it out, uh, the the pictures and stuff that I've gotten, just, it's basically just pictures of me traveling and the birds I get lucky on, I would say. But uh, if you look up 10th Legion Productions on Instagram, I would say uh, that should be the only one. And some quality photos on there, guys, So and gals. Check it out. And listen, gals, if you're listening, Ramsey, come on now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Austin, any closing thoughts? No, I think that about wraps it up, I guess. All right, let's go find some birds. Hey, I'll close with something. All right, what's up? When you're out on these hunts like this and you're out traveling the world, you meet a lot of people. Take that opportunity to get to know somebody, to build a bridge. Surround yourself with friends that will prop you up when you're feeling down. And that's what we've done here. Say no more, my friend. So uh, we appreciate you, by the way, for inviting us out here. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for the knives, Ramsey. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for the company. We learned a thing or two this week about our turkeys here. So, anyways, also thanks for coming on the podcast. Is this the first podcast you guys ever done? Yeah, yeah. They can only go up from here, boys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.